Welcome to the Movie Freaks Pod Show, the only podcast on the net that finds the smell of rotting zombie flesh refreshing, because it means we aren't dead yet. Uh, I'm Eric Marner. And I'm Eugene Weaver. And welcome to our very first uh, Halloween special. Since it's October, we're going to be doing uh, more Halloween-themed stuff, but don't be afraid, don't be scared off if you're not a big horror buff, because we'll be keeping it in check. And um, we're also going to be, for this month, we're, for each episode, we'll be adding a horror pick of the week. Um, again, don't be put off. You're not a big horror guy because we're, I want to pick stuff that will get people into horror or that the non-horror fan can also enjoy. So it's not going to be like, The Shining was great. Let's pick that. Everybody knows that. Yeah. So I want we're going to focus more on... Uh, lesser seen movies and movies that maybe you can access as a non-horror fan but that's for later in the pod let's start off with the roulette and get that right out of the way because we got a lot of stuff to get to yeah okay last episode uh you we did a blind roulette and of my uh options i picked uh hijacking and you picked the documentary i know that voice yep um uh, i'll go first a hijacking is very easy to review it's a good movie um not much to say, I guess. Um, uh, synopsis. Um, again, Swedish, Norwegian, something subtitled uh, about this freighter ship that gets hijacked. And about halfway through, I had to do some research and see if this was a, a documentary, like uh, based on a true story kind of thing. Because I, I was thinking it was. But apparently it was not. It was just fiction but with um true today news elements in it if you if you know what i mean gotcha uh very good movie uh had some pretty big time jumps in it which i'm a kind of a fan of where all of a sudden you'll be like you know they go day one day two day seven and then all of a sudden it's like day 58 you know like whoa whoa we're still dealing you know what i mean like uh, they would have big jumps in there like that. Uh, so I was a big fan of that. Um, I, again, not too much to say. It's a good movie. It's not the most uplifting movie of the year, but it was definitely good and well-made. And Check it out if you're looking for something like um, uh, a little more up than United 93. You remember that one? Mm. It, it wasn't near as depressing as that because it wasn't based on a true story so much. Um so it was a little better, uh, not a little better, but like, I, the whole time I wasn't going, oh, you know how this is going to end. Yeah, gotcha. So anyway, that's pretty much my review of that. Uh, check it out if you if you want, but it's not one that I'm like, gotta see it. This is amazing, yeah. you know. But it was it was it was entertaining and 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 very decent. So good. Okay, um, well, my movie was uh, I know that voice, and um, mine my movie was. Great. I was uh, almost immediately hooked. It was basically it, it, the movie is about voice actors, and um, it was very very light. It's a documentary, and it was a very light documentary. So that that would actually be my only complaint is when it was done, it was like it, it was all feel good, happy go lucky, 
funny comedy, life is good for us, um, which is fine. That's that's great, uh, but I don't know, it just almost seemed like too light and fluffy. Mm. However, that's that's my minor, minor, minor complaint. It was great. It was hilarious. It was cool to match the like to see the people that you're like, oh, okay, there's Bart Simpson and there's different Family Guy and there's different cartoons that you've never really thought of. Uh, they cover Star Wars. They cover. I mean, Mark Hamill's in it, of course. Yeah, he uh, does a lot of voiceover. Yeah, but it, and uh, I'm not going to spoil anything by saying that it ends at Comic Con, and so they're they're a they're really famous at Comic Con. Like you know the the these voice actors go there. Um, but it was great. It was just funny to to have them explain how they get in character and how it is actually really difficult sometimes to stay in that voice. To, to immediately start with that voice and roll with it for potentially hours, especially if it's uh, – they really focus on um, the one guy. Um, he's the voice of Bender. He's the voice of Bender, and then he also is the voice of the guy from Gears of War. Yeah. And yeah. that guy, he's like uh, – for video games, he's like, you've got to do – he's like a lot of like yelling and grunting or whatever, and he's like – He's like, and you have to do that in so many different ways. Okay, now do it louder. Now do it quieter. Now do it a whisper. And he's like, you just don't realize how much goes into something like that. Um, that something that you think, oh well, you know, it's, it's part of the game or whatever. But he's like, it hours are spent on like one noise. Yeah. So, but the vendor guy, he was the, he was my favorite. He was my favorite person in the entire thing. Yeah, I've uh, seen him before in. Um Mark Hamill, uh, a while back, did a movie called Comic Book the Movie, and it was kind of a fake documentary thing, and he got a bunch of voice actors like him and a, and a bunch of other people to play actual roles in this fake documentary. If you haven't seen that, that was amusing It went, if you're matching up. Now that you've seen this, you'd probably like it because you're matching up, yeah. oh, that's the guy that did this and that and the other thing. Um, but other than that, it was a, a who's who of voice acting. So if you didn't know going in, you're just like, okay, here's some guy who's moderately uh, talented at acting, I guess. I don't. <laughs> Man, even if even if you're not into voice acting stuff, whatever, this was a very interesting documentary. And again, it was funny and very light. And so if you're looking for something not as heavy, because a lot of documentaries are tend to be more heavy, mm -hmm. this was a really good breezy 90 minute fun movie. So thumbs cool. up. Well, I'm looking forward to watching that one. That one's uh, definitely an easy sell, and I probably would have watched it anyway unless you had come back and been like, it was god-awful and boring or something. Now, having said that, on the flip side, I actually started uh, a year in Burgundy. Oh, really? Start started, I might add. I got through about 15 minutes of that, and like, no, this this is... And I, I, I'm, I like wine. I like movies about wine. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but uh, it was ugh. It was a little a little dry. Ugh, yeah. <laughs> Have so, you watched any of the other wine documentaries that I've talked to you about? Um, I don't think so. Uh -uh. Okay. Well, because I, I that would give me a gauge for your enjoyment of that. You know what I mean? Like if uh, you like those, and maybe you're, maybe if you didn't like those or whatever, and then I could understand. Oh, maybe we're just not on the same page. But, this was just a lot of like really, really, really old French people talking about the different climates and this region in France. And at first, I'm like, okay, but 
and I was watching it with my wife, and it was all subtitled in French, and it just like uh, check no. out uh, check out uh, Som S O M M. I'm not sure if it's still on Netflix, but if it is, check that one out because that would be a good one to watch with the wife. Oh, okay. Uh, that one was really sweet about how people become master wine tasters. No, that sounds interesting. Yeah, it it was funny. it was awesome. Cool. And not entirely okay. subtitled in French. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> let's move on and make our picks for next week's episode. Um, okay, we decided to do a blind roulette again. And I'll go ahead and go first since you just did a review. I have two categories for you today, sir, on the blind roulette. We have uh, extreme film experiments and new pictures from old big-time directors. Oh, shit. Yeah. So on the one side, I'll give you a little... thing. I don't know. You don't know. Uh, On the one hand, I'll I'll give you a little more detail. Uh, On the one hand, the extreme film experiments, these are films that I haven't got around to pushing play on yet. Um... But from all I've heard and from the trailers and everything, look to be very experimental in nature. Uh, some of these, I think, all, these have gotten good to mixed reviews. Um, but some of them, I watch the trailer and I'm like, oh, that does not look for me. But looks very unique and different and weird. You understand what I'm saying? Okay. Sure. Um, yep. And then on the new from the old big time is. Uh, directors who will be in the director hall of fame uh but not quite as big maybe as they used to be but still these these tend to be getting uh good critic reviews but they're not getting big releases okay and And, these are all on netflix obviously yes all on netflix okay i'm gonna go with um you know, I'm going to go with the directors just because I recently watched that um, the one with the doubles, with the teenage doubles, which was kind of experimental to me. Um, plus the one? one that I, I, yes, plus one. Okay. So I'm going to go with the directors. So, And I, I well, let me just call this. One of them is going to be Twix. I am sure of it. Nope. Really? Wow. I'm surprised. What's I Twix? That, uh, I think, isn't that Francis Ford Coppola? Oh, that's his new one. Is that, uh, is that on Netflix? That's on Netflix. Yeah. Uh, I didn't know that. That is, you know what? That would have been on here, but it escaped from my uh, <laughs> my view. I didn't know that. <laughs> but that's all right because we have a Francis Ford Coppola picture in the mix. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay, let's start off with a 2012 a film called Passion from Brian De Palma, mm. Rachel McAdams, Numi uh, Rapace. An ad exec takes credit for assistant's plum idea, an incident that prompts the shy assistant to undertake a campaign of revenge against her boss. Sounds like a Brian De Palma picture. Yeah. Um, Next we have, from Francis Ford Coppola, Tetro. Uh, Vincent Gallo. Remember him? Oh, yeah. Yep. Uh, his Francis Ford Coppola's drama centers on the relationship between Tetra and Benny, two brothers who met in Buenos Aires after a ten-year estrangement. And I've been hearing a lot of great reviews for this movie. Um, and then lastly, we have... Um, oh, we don't have... Uh, oh, it, it's Cronenberg. Robert Pattinson... Wall Street golden boy witnesses the fall of his empire. His paranoia arises with each clue to his imminent assassination. Cosmopolis. Ooh, that's Cornberg? Yep. Oh, that's that's me. 
<laughs> it looked good. Of the three, that'd yeah. probably be the one that I picked too. What's it called again? Cosmopolis. C O S M O P O L I S. Mixed. That one got mixed reviews. Okay, but it's it's Cronenberg's of that. That's that's all me. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Okay, so for me, um, you have two categories, uh, and I know that you said blind roulette, but one of them is actually a have seen by me, and they are they're approved by me, but I'm not sure about you. So, so that would be the one category. Other category is uh, notable movies that uh, I have not seen. Um, one of them is from the we go 70s, 80s, and then 2000s, and those are thrillers. Thrillers. Um, thrillers. I'll, 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 I'll take the thrillers. Give me the blind. I'll, I'll take it blind. Okay. okay. We'll start with the 70s. Uh, first movie is David Cronenberg's first movie oh. called Shivers. Oh. Just just popped up on uh, Netflix, and it, it that gets really good reviews. This was in the days before Scanners and The Brood and all his other stuff, but it kind of set the stage for what would become later in his career. But it was made in 1975, so it's an older movie. But um, is it also yeah, come? Shiv- they come. They came from within. That's the one. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I typed in shivers. I, I typed in shivers into IMDb and I pushed shivers and it came to this. Yeah. Yep. That's the one. Uh, the so something about uh, apartment building taken over by parasitic things and people and it's. That's going to be a tough one to top. Go ahead. Give me your next one. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> next one is from the eighties and that's called Monkey Shines. Oh, you know what? Hold on a That's second. That's a George Romero movie. Uh, I, if I'm not mistaken, let me just cue this up real quick. I've never watched it. Uh, I have, if this is the one that I'm thinking of, no, it's not. I'm sorry. There was another one on Netflix that had a similar monkey cover, and it was a monkey something that it was one of those within 10 minutes. You're like, this is horrific, and turned it off. Was it the monkey's paw? No, but I think I added that one as well. <laughs> that one yeah, just I came up. Take that one right away. That uh, was terrible. Okay. <laughs> no, it was something else. It didn't say I have monkey in the title. I don't think. Okay. Okay. So okay, so that's number two. Number three is a recent movie that uh, could very well be a gem in the rough. It gets really good reviews, and uh, a friend of mine has saw it and said that it was actually quite good. Uh, and it's called Haunter. Haunter. Yeah. And it's more of a, a thriller type thing. Uh, I think a ghost in a house. A teenager is stuck in a time loop that is not quite the same each time. She must uncover the truth, but her actions have consequences for herself and others. Oh, you know what? You're you suck. <laughs> it was going to be so easy with the Cronenberg, and then you throw some time travel in, and I'm like, oh. And, and I have confirmation from from a fairly reliable source that it was like you should check that out. That was that was a gem in the rough there. So I, I um, can't resist the Cronenberg. Since you took a Cronenberg, I'm going to take a Cronenberg, and then okay. this Haunter, I'm probably going to add. <laughs> it has been on my list. Yeah, it's wow. been on my list, but I'm like, oh, one of us has to take the plunge on that one here. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> Okay, what was the? They came from within. What was the other yes. title? Uh, it's on on Netflix. It's called Shivers. Shivers. Okay, from yeah. 1975. So it looks like we have an all Cronenberg roulette 
for uh, that's going to be a good one next episode. Especially yes, it his will. first movie versus his most recent. That's kind of cool. Well, he's changed quite a bit. I mean, he used to be all body horror, and then he's recently. Uh, where where was the turn? Was it with a history of violence, probably? Yes, it was. Okay. Um, because before that, it was Naked Lunch, and that was still, I believe, considered more body horror. Type. I haven't seen that one, but it, I, I haven't. I, I've seen a lot of still frames from it, or pictures people post. Uh, and yeah, it very much looks body horror. It looks sweet. I want to see it. I just have yeah haven't got around to it. Uh, yeah. But I and I've really liked his current stuff. But I from what I, I hit and miss from what I hear. I really liked um, both. Uh, what was it? History of Violence, of course, I loved, and Eastern Promises. I thought was pretty underrated because I really liked that one. That was with Viggo Mortensen. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, and Spider was really actually the guy. Have we watched anything that wasn't? wasn't really good the uh, rabbit from him that was that was probably one of his lesser ones and i know that that has a big following but rabbit was yeah it was it was good but not great i haven't seen that one no uh, it was oh uh, yeah it's like a a body horror type thing again okay uh well if i'm not mistaken uh hold on one second i will fact check this since i've got this thing up um, I do believe Cosmopolis was uh, his next one after Eastern Promises. Um, when was it made? Was it recent? Yeah, that was not too long ago. The 2012. Mm. No, I, my bad. After Eastern Promises, he made A Dangerous Method, which I didn't see because it's a kind of a period piece. And that, nah. um, yeah. So then he made this Cosmopolis, which is semi-set in the future. You know okay. what I mean? Who stars in it? Robert Pattinson. Twilight. Okay. Okay. Which I'm not oh, willing. Okay, now I know which one. Okay, I know which. Movie He's riding around the back of a limo, and people are trying yeah. to kill him. And it's like crazy out. I don't know. It looked. It looks good. And and I guess granted, if it wasn't Cronenberg behind the camera, I might be more eh. But since it's him, I'm like, okay, well, I got to check this out. Yeah. Yep. But I haven't pulled the trigger yet, so now it's on to you. Well, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's move on to uh, listener email. We got another email. Um, and I'm going to edit this as I go, so forgive me if there's a lot of ums and ahs. Uh, hey guys, I have a suggested topic for an upcoming pod in the month of October, since we are in the haunting season and all. I would love to hear discussion on what you guys feel is the scariest movie of the last five to ten years. This means no going back to the classics that started the genre just the last five to ten years. It's so hard to be innovative in film and create a new horror trend, per se, but I'm all about finding that gem. Oh, and so are we. Um, that will give me the chills because I'm a bit jaded when it comes to horror movies. Um, and she lists a few uh, that she liked recently, like The Conjuring, Fourth Kind, Paranormal Activity, only the first one, uh, The Descent, Strangers, Sinister. Uh, obviously, those are so many to choose from because this time, like the... Uh, uh, choose from. Before this time, like The Ring and the Grudge, or Blair Witch, love them all. There are so many, but these are a few that have made me think about them for days afterward. We're always looking for those kinds of movies. I enjoy listening to you guys and your pods. Uh, compliment, compliment. Um, have a good one, Missy. Okay, Missy, I've we've broke down your email a little bit, uh, but what we're going to do is we went back, both of us, to the last ten years of horror. We went through every single one, every list we could find. And we pulled out the ones that we think meet your criteria as far as being a little less known or just our favorite. And I, I've got about 30 or so. We're going to start at 
2004, and we're yeah. just going to go back and forth year to year, because I'm sure your list is a lot like mine. Because of time, Missy, we are going to do this in two parts. So we're going to start at 04, 2004, and go through half our lists, and then we will save the other half of the list for the next episode, since we're doing a lot of horror this month. <clears throat> okay, I will begin with 2004, and then I'll throw it to you for 2005, we'll just go back and forth. I only have two entries for 2004. Uh, again, we're excluding the major, big, obvious ones, but this is probably the biggest, most obvious one on the entire list. Uh, the Dawn of the Dead remake. Um, obviously, it's gotten a lot of love, and it's a great movie. So if you haven't seen that one, that's one you should give it give a chance to. And the other one I have is so pitifully underseen, it 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 hurts my feelings. Uh, and that's Shallow Ground. Do you remember Shallow Ground? Oh, very much so. Yes. <laughs> naked boy covered in blood wandering through the forest and uh, I, I'm trying to remember it's been a while since I've seen it but um, some people are trying to make heads or tails of where this boy came from yeah and where that thing goes in the third act kicks so much ass you have got it, to check that movie out it makes movie especially with I, w- I want to say that movie was made for uh, $30,000 it was super low budget super but it didn't low feel- budget no not at all and and um I think there's a couple other movies out there called Shallow Ground. It's kind of got a typical name for a horror movie. So make sure it's not hard to find. A Google search will find you the right one. The naked boy covered in blood. A teenager. Yeah. Killer ending. Killer ending. That, that ending is so great. It's And that, yeah. that one actually, unless I am completely misremembering, that one would fall more under thriller, I think, than horror. They were pretty yeah. liberal with their lists of what was horror when I was reading through it. They yeah. listed Black Swan from Aronofsky, and I'm like, boy, that's a I saw that list. that's yeah, a I was reach. On that list too. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that's a reach. Okay, anyway, do you have anything for 2004? I don't have, or you want to add for 2004? Yeah, I had Dawn of the Dead too. The only thing I'm going to add for Dawn of the Dead is that that was Zack Snyder's first movie, and for a first movie that that's still um, one of it's not one of it might be the best remake out there. Um, other than maybe John Carpenter's The Thing, uh, but it, it just hit all the right beats. And in fact, rewatching that versus George Romero's original '70s Dawn of the Dead, I'll tell you what: it, not only is it as good, it could be better than the original. I love that movie, and it holds up ten years later. And, and I know that yeah. that pisses a lot of people off, but I I agree with you. And I was a big champion of the original Dawn of the Dead for many years. And until I went back and rewatched it after Zack Snyder's version, and I'll take yeah. Zack Snyder's snappier version any of the day of the week. Don't yeah. get me wrong; the original's still cool and it set the standard and blah blah blah. But eh, I'll take Zack's. Yeah, 2000. the only one that I would have to add um, would be the very underappreciated Exorcist: The Beginning, um, and this is the Rennie Harlan version, not the um, uh, I'm I forget the other guy's name that they that Warner Brothers canned. Uh, um, anyway, the, the other version was called uh, Exorcist. Um, one was the beginning. What was the other one? Was uh, Rennie Harlan's version was the beginning. The other one was Dominion. Exorcist, Exorcist yes. Dominion. Um, but this one here, I just recently watched this, and I'll tell you what, it's it really is a good movie. It sets the stage for the original Exorcist. 
because it, it deals all with Father Marin and what he goes through to get to where he is in his life before he tackles Linda Blair's character and all that from the first Exorcist. And it, it's it's more of a you know gory horror movie type thing, but it's it's fast paced. It's sick in all the right spots. It's it's well made, and I I enjoyed it. And I know that there's a lot of people that that think it's sacrilege to even say that you like that movie, but I enjoyed it. So that's why I, I want to put that on the list because. That's fine. I saw I, I saw one of them. I don't know which one it was. Uh, and that's I wish so bad I had been writing down my reviews at the time, but I, I wasn't then. Um, so I saw one of them. I'm not sure which one, but I, I liked it. So you yeah. know, for me to give an Exorcist movie a thumbs up, that's pretty good, because I, I don't tend to go for the Exorcist movies. Yeah. Um, okay, 2000, okay, 2005. Okay. Uh, 2005, for me, uh, I actually only have... I have three for 2005. I've got uh, The Exorcism of Emily Rose. Me too. Um, because it is still one of the scariest movies I've ever seen. Scott it's probably Derrickson. my top five scariest movies of all time. I'll never forget you and I watching that in the theater and leaving, and I'm like, I just feel, ugh, I feel gross right now. And it's a PG-13 rated horror movie. Um, it is so immensely, it's, it's terrifying, and it holds up so well. And it's so well made too. It's not just a a jump scare, or whatever. It's just a truly dread dread filled scary movie. Scott Derrickson, who is now the Scott. director of Doctor Strange. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I love that. So, yeah. So that was my first one. Uh, second one is um, uh, the first two are a little bit more well known than the third one is not. Uh, the second one is Devil's Rejects from Rob Zombie. Um, oh, because I saw that. I of course didn't add it, but. Now I'm really curious about your other one because I th I figured we have the same three for 2005. We don't, but okay, go ahead, yeah. go, go on. Yeah, so Devil's Rejects, and this is another one I watched with you in the theaters. Um, it it's probably Rob Zombie's best movie. Uh, technically, uh, I it's it's so dirty. Probably one of the most dirty movies I've ever seen. Um, but it just. It hits all the right buttons, and halfway through, what I like about it, the movie so much is that halfway through, there is such a huge shift in in all of a sudden you start you start to want to root for the killers in this movie, and the killers are so horrible, they're so disgusting and nasty, but Zombie actually makes you almost kind of root for them, and I I I think that that's good filmmaking that that they he can take characters that you despise and yet you start to feel sympathetic towards the for them in the second half uh so that's number two i i defend that movie it's not an easy watch it's not one that i watch that often but uh i think it holds up really well it's not and it's it's i agree it's a well-made movie it's just not my bag there's so much sacrilegious kind of stuff in it there that is, it yes. felt it felt felt like me that it was kind of forced and a little into exploitation where it's like I'm just saying this stuff about Jesus because screw you, you know, it was just like, dude, yeah. just relax. You don't have to do that. And yeah. that felt forced to me, but it is a well-made film and I own the soundtrack. I was going to put in a uh, sound bites from the movie before all of the, uh, yeah, <laughs> before we went a hundred percent, uh, <laughs> legit, legit. Yeah. Um, anyway, Okay, um, a third and last is a fantastic movie from Ireland called Isolation. That was my third one, so I'm I you missed a biggie, or I have a wrong date, but go ahead. Okay, well, Isolation, uh, this small farm 
in Ireland has this mutant creature bred from cow DNA that is uh, that's loose on a farm, and it's kind of sci-fi-ish, but very well made, very well acted. In fact, the 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 lead actor, uh, one of the lead actors in it, is one of the astronauts in Prometheus, and I forget the guy's name, but he's an Irish guy. Uh, he's the guy with the mohawk in Prometheus. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but the creature's great. The special effects are great. The music is creepy, and and just it, everything about that movie works on a lower budget scale. And that's a little bit more not as well known movie, but it gets a big thumbs up from me. You had rec- you had told me about that movie one time, and I stumbled across it in one of those buy one get three free from GameStops when they were closing. I've talked about before, so I bought yep. it. And I was shocked at how much I liked it. And I've only watched it the once. I need to watch it again. But I really liked that movie as well. It's just great atmosphere and and just well made all across the board. Um, yep. The only one from 2005 that I would have to add. Maybe this didn't meet your criteria because it was too big. But the Descent. Um. Man, come yeah, on, I'm, that's um, a fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> I love that movie and. Oh yeah, good catch. It's, good catch. It's There's probably going to be a couple that I that, that we miss. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. And that's it. It's a pretty well known movie, but it's not as big as I'd say Dawn of the Dead. You know, so I thought it merits at least a little attention. Having said that, um, Neil Marshall does make an appearance later on in my list. So <laughs> okay, I'm I'm sure he does. But whatever you do, don't watch The Descent Part Two because that was horrible. I hated that movie. Okay. Let's move on to 2006. Again, I only have two entries for this one. Oh, wow. I've got uh, one, two, three, four, five. Oh, there were one. a few on there that I was like, Eugene will have that, 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 and that, but I'm not going to. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, and you'll probably have both of these. First uh, off is obviously Hatchet. If you haven't seen Hatchet by now, that is one. That's a series you need to get on to. I, I still have yet to see part three. They just added that to Netflix, so I need to get on that. I know you're kind of eh on it, but... The first two are great, so if you're into that kind of... That one is a splatter horror. It's half almost comedy, but then there's just gore all over the place. Um, The second one I have is borderline horror, but there are some parts in it that are insanely creepy, so I thought I'm going to throw it in there, and that's Pan's Labyrinth. That is a great film. Um, I would probably say Guillermo del Toro's best, in my opinion. I would agree with that. Yeah, I haven't. I didn't have that one on my list, but that's a that's a good addition. Yeah, I, I thought there was more enough creepy parts in there to, to merit its adding. Um, yeah. Uh, what what? How can you even describe that? Uh, Alice in Wonderland sort of uh, fantasy, but with some yeah. horror creepy elements thrown in towards the end, and uh, it's just a fantastic film. If you haven't seen that one, definitely Here. get on that one. So, what did I miss in 06, sir? Okay, 06 for me, I had Hills Have Eyes remake. Yeah, that was good. I own it. It's okay. I, I just, eh. Yeah. I just, I'm, I'm a sucker for, you know, survival horror. I love the survival horror subgenre, and that one there was, um, it was extremely gory, and again, it was well-made, and killer soundtrack, and is it, almost more action horror. I, re- I, I dug it. Yeah, uh, yeah. So that was one of them. Uh, another one, and I'm not sure if you've seen this one or not. It used to be on Netflix. It's not anymore, but it's a movie called Wilderness. Um, I have heard of that. What? It, well, it's it's a, actually it's another survival horror movie. It's a, a bunch of of uh, 
uh, like high school age kids that are just troubled kids. They get sent to this island to for a weekend to do put in their time, and there is this survivalist killer guy. They're knocking them off, and it is so good. Uh, the lead actor is the guy from Rock and Rolla and Sorcerer's Apprentice. Um, He's, he's so cool. He's a great actor. Um, rock and Rolla. Um, he's the guy. He's the the main guy from Rock and Rolla. Uh, that the drug addict means, guy. Oh, oh, oh him! <laughs> I thought you were talking about three hundred. This is Sparta. That guy. <laughs> yeah. No. 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 Um, um, and I. I don't. I know who you're talking I, about. Yeah. <laughs> what is uh, this but, dang name? I can. Toby. It's Toby something. It's, he he was in this, and he was such a badass in it. Uh, but it, it more of an action horror movie, but really well done, and fast paced. Thumb, thumbs up here. Hatchet obviously is on my list. Um, the Omen two thousand six is on my list, uh, just because that movie gets so much hate. Um, but I think that it is a very 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 good movie. I it it's scary. It's well made. The kid is creepy. I like the kid from the '70s version better, but this one hit all the right beats. Uh, big thumbs up from me. I I defend that movie. I own that In one fact, as well. Uh, to- Toby Cabell. That was that guy's name. Toby Cabell. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I own the Omen remake, and it, it's a decent flick. It's it it perform it does its function, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. I I didn't understand all the hate on that one. There was a lot of people that loathed that movie and I was like well I mean I, I figure at worst you could suffer indifference from it I mean I, I like the original better because that's a 70's creepy vibe whatever yeah uh, yeah. but you know eh, give or take whatever Yeah. well my last one is uh, probably my favorite from the list um, although Hatchet is Hatchet's right there but um, 2006 brought us the Black Christmas remake ah oh, I missed that sorry and yeah love that movie it is a staple every year right right around christmas it's black christmas and what i like about that movie the remake so much is uh it deviates completely it's nothing like the original which i thought i found the original really boring this one here is it's a slasher movie but the color palette that this movie is shot in is like a happy feel good christmas movie bright lights and fun but it's just this sick, twisted, demented slasher movie set in this this college girl's dormitory, and I love the movie. Every year, watch it. Um, and you turned me on to that one. You were like, you've got to check this out after Silent Night, Deadly Night. You're like, you got to see this. And I, I obviously skipped it because I'm not a huge slasher guy. Um, and Black Christmas, girls in a dormitory, slasher. I, that Even the trailer and the premise, you, I'm, I'm out. I don't even care. Uh, but then I, I picked it up on the cheap and eh, Eugene says it's good. I'll give it a shot. There were a lot of plot twists and turns in there that kept me in and it's fun. Like you said, it's shot happy go lucky, but it's this weird slasher movie and, and you hate all the chicks in it. So you want them to die. So it doesn't matter. And then it's got this overarching story that you're just like, where is this going? I, I agree with you. I really like that movie and that's one that would definitely belong on this list. I just, I missed it. <laughs> and I will say this uh, for anybody that's listening that is that decides, hey, I should watch that. Make sure that you get the unrated version. There are two versions, R-rated and unrated, and the unrated definitely ups the uh, the graphicness of it if you're into that, that sort of thing. Uh, but big, big thumbs up. Of all of the movies, honestly, 
that is one of the top ones in this entire list that I think is... Let's not forget, uh, we're supposed, from this list, we're supposed to be pulling our top scariest movies yeah. that we think people might not have seen. That's what she's after. That, so yeah. I, I've made a couple of check marks close to a couple. Even though we're talking about a lot of good horror or thriller or whatever, we need to be looking for them scary ones. Anyway. Yeah, that's right. So if that's it for 2006, is it your... Let's see. 2007, take us there, sir. Oh, boy. Now, 2007, I've got a bunch, so I might even cut a couple of them out because a couple of them are pretty big. Um, but some of them that I definitely want to hit on, um, and I'm actually going to start with, um, I'm going to start with probably the the number one 2007 movie that should be seen that probably is a little bit less seen, and that is a movie from France called Frontiers. That's my number one pick from 2007. <laughs> ah, of course, yes, yes. perfect. Uh, from Xavier Gans, I believe is his name. Mm -hmm. um, it is, uh, it's basically, in my opinion, it would be considered the French Chainsaw Massacre. And it's, no, there's not chainsaws, but it has that feel. It's dirty, grimy, gross, and it has a group of inbred Nazi... I would almost say it has a better third act than Texas Chainsaw, though, because in Texas Chainsaw, it's just all about escape and living. And in, in the third act of this one... Oh my goodness! I I, oh, I, 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 it is gory as all hell. But there's at least a little bit of revenge, and I'm no just gonna say revenge. there may or may not be a table saw involved in that. And every, it's a stand up in the theater and cheer moment. Oh, it is. It's it's great. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, it's French kids that are rioting in Paris escape, and they end up at this hostile type place where there's a bunch of neo-Nazi cannibals, and hilarity ensues. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Watch it. I, Watch I only it. have two more on my list from 2007, and I'm very curious if you'll have, have them. A couple of them I'm going to breeze over. Um, uh, I, 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 the bigger ones I'm going to just quick say, and then we can move on from there. 28 weeks later, I thought that was a worthy follow-up to, to the original. Um, it, it's not fantastic, but it's a really well-made movie has some great set pieces in it. Uh, the, the beginning of the movie, honestly, is the best part of the whole movie uh, with Robert Carlyle and his wife and some others trying to escape. Terrifying. The, uh, Absolutely. That, that opening is terrifying. It's terrifying. And that's one of the reasons I included it in here is because it was so good. It's better than the entire movie. Um, but because of that, and the movie itself is really good, but that beginning is fantastic. Yeah. Um, and then also um, Grindhouse was from 2007. Not really scary, and I don't consider Death Proof really horror. Um, but the, the, with the trailers, and I'm talking about the entire package of Grindhouse, with the with the mock trailers in the middle and Rodriguez's zombie film in the in the, the first movie, I'm including that here because it did bomb, but it is a great doubleheader. Uh, great movies, highly recommended. Death Proof is one of my favorite Tarantino movies. Uh, but I thought that that should be on my list. I didn't add it because I thought it too big. I was like, yeah, everybody's yeah, heard of that. So I don't spend much time on it. Uh, but um, okay, I'm gonna keep just because 2007 is the most that I have. So I'm gonna just keep rolling on here. Another French movie uh, called Inside. I know you're kind of eh on that. I knew you would add that one. <laughs> um, uh, 80 minutes of disgusting, nasty French horror. Uh, pregnant woman is being stalked by. Uh, a lady that wants her unborn child in her house, and it is 
sick, gory, and mean-spirited, and I loved it. It was <laughs> sick and gory and a weak-ass story, and I didn't give a crap about it. <laughs> Next. No, but that, hey, it's, it's subjective. Nope, that's fine. I, that's fine. we got to give the, the opposing opinion. Go ahead. Next. Uh, next up is um, a Platinum Dunes movie that you and I watched together, at, actually with uh, Adam Trapawicki in our house, uh, uh, the Hitcher remake. I thought that that was. Oh, yeah. a, I thought that, that I thought that was a gem in the rough. I thought that was well made. It's not gonna win any awards, but it was a good movie. Yeah, that wasn't um, bad. I, yeah, one that I've watched numerous times, and every time I watch, I'm like, that was a that was a cool little movie. I, I dug that, and that I am I'm including it here just because I consider that to be a, a lesser seen movie. Yeah. Um. Okay, moving on. Hostel Part Two. Oh, give me a break, dude. <laughs> You would put that, that is, on the best of the last decade? That movie sucked. <laughs> well, from 2007, I'm just going by year here. Uh, I think that that is Eli Ross' best movie. I thought that it was... It that was ain't better than the first better. one? You think it's better than the I, first one? Yes, oh, man, not me by a long shot, but that's mainly, okay. Mainly because of the uh, the chick, the up, the theme, the, um, the bloodbath scene in that movie. Uh-huh. It, it's as horrific as almost any scene in horror movies I've ever seen. It's... So hardcore, and every time I watch it, I'm like, "Oh, this is so horrible." But I just, I, I liked the revenge in this one um, even better than the first one. I just thought that everything about the second one was slightly better than the first one. It's not going to break any new ground, but I, I dug it, and that's why I'm, I'm including it here. I'm a, I'm a sucker for the hostile movies. So, anyway, um, almost done. Um, Wreck, also known as Recall. Oh, yes, 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 yes. So it was remade in America, and that remake was called uh, Quarantine. Uh, Quarantine, yeah. yes. Uh, people are trapped in a building. It's a found footage movie, and uh, there's a virus that breaks out, and there's zombies. That is pri- on, on my list here. That is one of the scariest movies on my list. It is terrifying. Seventy-five minutes long. It, it's almost after the first twenty-minute setup. There's almost no time to breathe. It's just scary as all hell. Um, highly recommended. It's a solid flick. I, I I agree. I think I liked the um, original version better because when it's in a foreign language and you got to read the subtitles, you feel a little out of place. Yeah. Uh, so that adds to it a little bit. Okay. And my last one, my last one, and then I'm done is Trick or Treat. Okay. I that that's one of mine on the list, and I had a little <laughs> bit of a question there because then I was going on 2008, 2009, and I found it like in 2009. But uh, or I think it was a different movie called Trick or Treat. But I was like, wait a minute, am I in the wrong year? But if you oh. have it in 2007, I'll take your word for it. Yep. I agree. Oh. That one definitely made my list. Yeah, and in fact, I'll just touch on it briefly. It's a it's a uh, anthology movie. One of the reasons I like it so much is that the anthology format in this movie, um, they tie all the stories together and they're all interweaving and happening at relatively the same time. Which makes it some somehow it makes it even more engaging as things are playing out in one certain piece of the movie. It's a one a separate storyline, but there's things that tie into that storyline from the from the rest. And I thought it was done so ingeniously. Um, and it's just it's fun. It's a very very much a Halloween movie. It's not terrifying scary, but it's you know it it hits all the right beats. It's fun. Um, I watch it every year around Halloween, and it gets a big thumbs up from me. 
And me too. And I'm looking forward to watching it again. I need to track it down somewhere. I don't have it. Uh, the only one I have from 2007 that you didn't hit, and that's because you hate the movie, um, and you're wrong, is The Mist. <laughs> <laughs> the only person that can translate Stephen King material in any form to the cinema, and that would be Mr. Frank Darabont. Uh, he did Shawshank Redemption, and was there any others that he did, or just Shawshank? I think that's it. But it was that that's Shawshank that's and The Mist, and I love The Mist. And the ending is where everybody is divided. And if you've read the book, um, which I just did, did you I finish it? Did. I I finished it a couple days ago. What do you think the that ending would have played in a movie? No, I, I agree with you totally. It would not have. I, it, I, it would the, have the, the ending of the book is fantastic for a book, but it would not have played. And he. In, in the movie, and, and he is good friends with King, and he cleared this ending with King before he made the movie, and King actually told him, and again, I'm going on websites and internet rumor and whatever, but King told him that th his ending was better than the books. And, <laughs> and his ending, it, this the ending of this movie is one of the biggest, like, F.U. slap-in-the-face downer endings. Like, it is the most gut-wrenching, heartbreaking ending you can ever, ever have. <laughs> In any yep. movie ever. But but at the same time, the more I watch it, the more I love it. It's it's uh, not the ending. The ending itself, I'm still... Uh, I wish it wasn't... You know, everybody wants it to be a little happy after all that horror, but it just isn't. So anyway, no, I'm, I give The Mist a huge thumbs up and... Eugene d d does not like that movie, but that's okay. That's okay. Yeah, I, here's the thing, though. Up until the end, I was totally into that movie, and that end pissed me off. I, that ending made me so mad, I sold my Blu-ray. I'm like, I will never watch this again. I'm, that sucks. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I go with it, because that's... I always hate it when... when ah, see, I can't do this without spoiling it, but... I always hate it when characters go that way, because I'm that would be my luck. So I'm always like, screw it, I'll just wait. And they didn't wait, so, well, they're screwed. Okay, <laughs> let's move on to 2008. we got to wrap this up because we still got a ton of stuff to get to. I know. Okay, 2008. Uh, Lake Mungo, one of the most criminally oh, underseen... Nice, um, fine, I forgot about that one. Great freaking movie. It's a kind of a found footage fake documentary sort of thing. Um I don't even want to get into any plot details. Just go watch this movie. It's good and creepy as all hell. Amen. And, oh, good. And, that might be the biggest glaring overview of from me. I can't believe I didn't... Oversight from me. I can't believe I didn't think of that. Uh, let the right one in. The original, not the remake. The remake was good, but it was perfunctory. I, I like the original better. Um, the vampire movie. Vampire child movie. It, it's just solid stuff. Uh, I'm really curious to see if you put this one on. Midnight Meat Train. I thought about it. <laughs> <laughs> I thought about it. It's the best I could get. One of my all-time favorite directors in unpronounceable Japanese, uh, Ria Kitamura. Um, he made Versus, one of my all-time the my all-time favorite uh, zombie movie. Uh, which cram packed of time travel and reincarnation and ninjas and all kinds of insanity. I love that freaking movie. But Midnight Meat Train is a total blast. It was, I believe, it was his first American movie. I could be wrong yeah. on that. Um, and I don't think it did that great. And it's come and gone. But it, it, that was 
I had so much fun with that movie. Just a, uh, a reporter investigating deaths on subway trains late at night. And it leads to places you never imagined it was going to go. Um, Bradley Cooper and Vinnie Jones. There you go. Bradley Cooper before he was the greatest thing in Hollywood. Yep. And last on my list, I, I, I almost was a little irritated when I saw this come across because I was like, damn it. This is one that's on my roulette list for you, but I only have the DVD, so it's one of those where you're going to have to watch a DVD version. Eventually, okay. one time. This is not a big screen. You're going to have to watch it on your smaller screen. Uh, <laughs> uh, Shudder. It's a Japanese J-horror kind of movie. Um, I've seen that. You have? With the lady on the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't oh, spoil it. That scared the shit out of me. <laughs> I remember talking to you about that movie, and you did, sounded like you didn't see it. had never seen it before. I'm, uh, oh yeah, that's been it's been years, but oh that movie that was was that um South Korean? I think that may have been a South Korean movie. Oh maybe I don't. It's been so long since I've seen it. I could be totally wrong on that. You, you're probably totally right. It could be Korean, Asian circle, Asian. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, but very much a what they call J horror, ghost thing, mm-hmm. camera taking pictures. And that movie scared the shit out of me. And they remade it. There was an American version that came a couple of years later, and. I didn't even bother watching it. It was like, after the way, uh, pretty much everything but The Ring was destroyed. Uh, the Ring was good. That was the only good J-horror, I think, translation. But the way The Grudge was destroyed, after that I was like, I'm done with these Japanese yeah. remakes. And that's it for my 2008. Anything to add to that, sir? Um, wait, that was 2008? 2008 is where we're at, and we're going to finish I off. only have one to add to that, and it's a it's a big mainstream movie. I won't touch on it long, but the reason I'm including it here is because it is so scary, and these are really scary, no, notable movies, and that was Insidious. Uh, uh, Insidious. Yeah, I, see, I made a note about that, but I have it as 2009. I, I have it 2008. I went off of, I believe, IMDb. I thought I'd, okay, uh, well, that's fine, that's fine. It's on my list as well, and okay. I also want to note that um, I've put little check marks beside three movies on my list. These are the three that, of this list, I think answer her question the most of what I think the scariest ones are of the last decade. One is Insidious, one is Shudder, and one is later Coming on. Soon. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah and, and Insidious, that would be one that I would put as one of the scariest. And I know it's a big, it's PG-13, and it's a big, it did great, it has a sequel, another sequel in the makes, but it truly is that scary. Well, and we're not it's, looking, again, we're not looking for the best made movie, we're looking for scariest. The one that the one that really gets under your skin and creeps you out while you're watching it, that's one of them. And, you know, and again, going back to, just going back to Hostel Part 2, because I know you were like, ugh. Again, the reason I included that was because... I was so unnerved by the one scene, and that one scene was so blah to me. Um, so I'm just like all of these. I'm trying to find like okay, that that one there had some scary moments, and you know, this movie had this thing, this movie had this thing, um, and there was a there was a couple moments in like even Hitcher that I thought, ooh, that was so good that should be included on the list. So these aren't like the best movies ever, but there's certain parts of some of these movies that just make it so that they make the list, if that makes sense. No, that's fine. I, I'm sad that i got to take this off the list. <laughs> yeah, I've seen it. Oh, I was—I so thought I had you on one, but uh, yeah. I, I, that movie, 
that movie scared the sh- shutter. We're talking about shutter. Scared the shit out of me. <laughs> That ending? Oh. Oh, my Lord. I mean, oh, that was so scary. Okay. Now, that uh, takes us up through 2008. We're going to be back next pod with the rest of the list. So, you got to come back. It's too big a question. We got to spend time on it. Um, So, let's move on. We want to talk about our horror pick of of this, of the week of the pod, of the first uh, of our Halloween series. And that we are is going to be House of the Devil. Um, I just rewatched this again today in preparation because I'd only seen it once. So I was like, I, I want to go back and rewatch it, revisit, make sure that everything was on the level. And good lord, is everything on the level? Uh, that movie just is is just amazing. It's just such an amazing slice of of perfection that he pulled out of. Here's how movies used to be. Uh, in the 70s, and he just kind of like like with Death Proof, he made one. He made one of those creepy yeah. movies, and I don't want people to be put off by the title, because I if know. you're not a, a if you're a non horror person, then House of the Devil screams run the hell away. I'm not gonna watch that. This is blood and guts all over the place. It's not. It's not until like what? Maybe three people die in this whole entire movie. Yeah, I, and I, we're I, talking I, the, the last part of the movie. Well, there's one midway that's pretty brutal. <laughs> it's so yeah. awesome. Anyway, <laughs> but then the well, end, it, it, it just, okay, notes. Opening shots remind me of Rosemary's Baby. It's very 70s, slow pushes through hallways and great camera work. And the, the word that I kept coming up with when trying to review this movie, deliberate. There's so much deliberate things here. He frames some of his shots very symmetrically with uh, lines of the house and windows. Everything is symmetrical, and I love that. I love that so much when people pay attention to those kinds of details. Yeah. Um, Very gentle pans and zooms. Again, very deliberate in the way that he does them. He's trying to mimic that 70s feel of a horror movie. Um, uh, the, again, the opening credits. How Watchmen? You remember Watchmen? How the opening credits with Bob Dylan playing were very yes. specific, and you're you're watching it going like this. This is amazing. This is some of the best opening credits I've ever seen. It, it captures a feeling, a time and place. He did that. Even even in the credits, he captured that '70s mm-hmm. feel with the freeze frame <laughs> moments from the first frame through the first credits was just amazing. But even yeah. the rest of the film were. Uh, the wheels don't truly fall off until about the last ten minutes, and then all freaking hell breaks loose. And then and it it's, is just terrifying. And it's terrifying as hell. And then it's over. And even the stuff in the meantime is never boring. Like no, um, we talk about slow build a lot, where one man's slow build is another man's boring as shit. This is not. It 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 dances on that line where it's. It's building, it's building, it's building, it's building, but then he throws you a bone every so often, and it's not always a death. It's just something happening, or the plot being advanced. Yeah. Um, Noonan, Mr. Noonan, I forget his first name. Yeah, Tom, Tom, Noonan, I was, Tom, Tom Noonan. Noonan. He, he, the way, he doesn't have a humongous role, but the way he, it's a pivotal role, and the way he plays it is just incredible. Just incredible. Yeah, he's on screen, it's just eerie. It's, just... But it's so amazing the way he plays it because he, again, delicate. 
you have to be delicate when you play that role. You can't come too over the top and be overtly creepy. You have to be subtly creepy. And he keeps throwing in enough, and this comes in with the writing, where he's throwing in a good, good enough, no, 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 it's okay. Don't freak out. I know this seems a little strange. Here's a but story. It's, okay. it's a story. It's okay. Here's the here's the story. And you know, even time, as a you know, view, something, something's even as off. a even as a viewer, granted you're watching a movie called House of the Devil, but even as a viewer you're going, you know, if I was in that situation I'd be like just okay, I'd buy that. Now, as a viewer of House of the Devil, you're going, you're screwed. You're screwed. He's creeping. Yeah, but then again, the title's throwing it off, and you're going, you're screwed. Everybody's screwed. You're all dead. <laughs> yeah. But that's yeah. not necessarily the case. And it may end a tad predictably, um, but it's okay. It's just so amazing that somebody can grab a slice of 70s and bring it in. So many people try and just freaking fail left and right, yeah. but... They he nabbed it, man. Ty West killed it on this movie. This yeah. and you know what? This is my second viewing now, so I can feel confident in doing this. Ten, giving this a ten. Wow, nice. Oh, that's great. I, I love I, to hear that because the first time I watched that movie, I was stunned. I I was stunned, even like you with the opening credits. I'm like, ooh, this is good, and I could tell. Like even the film stock, the film because this was shot on film. This was not digital. This was a 16 millimeter more than likely film and it just felt like I'm like I'm watching something that was filmed back in the early 80s late 70s it, it just feels like that and the slow build up never boring but it's like what's going to happen next like it's been long enough now and then boom something happens and then back to just it's okay boom something happened but it's okay yeah. leading up to this batshit crazy ending which it yeah that's that is one of the yearly movies for me especially around Halloween because it definitely it's not a Halloween movie, but it has that feel of it should be watched around Halloween because it's just scary and well made and it it fits into that season. It is. And I another thing that I wanna address that a lot of <clears throat> people seem to screw up is is the casting. Again, yeah. you're casting for late seventies, early eighties, uh, time frame. <clears throat> They've got all of the uh, proper fashions and cars and blah blah blah. But uh, too often they cast uh, Paris Hilton. You know, they, they cast stupid. They, they cast somebody that just doesn't seem to fit into that time frame, or they're cramming yeah. them into that time frame where you're like, I don't even believe it. I mean, I, maybe it's because I grew up in that time frame, but these characters, they, they, casted the, they cast the right people to play these roles. When I see them, I believe that they're in the early, late 70s, early 80s. And yeah. it's, that's a hard thing to kind of pull off. Um, I, I'm drawn back to that Halloween remake that Rob Zombie did. Yeah. What the hell is the time frame on that? I have no idea. You can't tell because it feels like it should be 80s, but then the people don't fit and some of the styles are off and they got current style, you know, eyeglasses or something. Yeah. It just doesn't, yeah. something's all screwed up with that. <laughs> but here it feels like they really nailed it with the hair, feathered hair, hairstyles and everything. Oh, yeah. And, it, and I it, guess maybe I, I'm, I'm kind of saying they didn't cast too hot with the girls. They cast just hot enough, but not too yeah, hot. You know what I, I mean? Agree. Is that stupid or sexist? I don't know. Um, but I, I loved the casting of all the characters. Noonan kills it in every role he's he in. Is, but. He, I hate to say he's the reason to watch it, but he is so 
good I, in it. I really, being, I, I would love to see his his time frame of what he's in that. What is he in the movie? Ten minutes, fifteen, barely, and, barely. But every time he's in, you're like, oh boy. <laughs> but he plays it so good. He's like gentle giant. He's like, no, I know, I'm seven feet tall and I look all kind of creepy, but I got a cane, so it's okay. And yeah, hey, he's talking to him. It's <laughs> like, look, I'm sorry. <laughs> Here's, I, here's the phone number. You, you kids like pizza, right? Yeah, I know you college kids like pizza. <laughs> anyway, uh, if you haven't they seen that movie... Them. Yeah, I, I'm so glad we're both on the same level with that one, and anybody that is remotely a fan of of more independent-style horror movies, that is top It's more than that. I, I, another thing I thought of while watching it the second time, if you have no gateway to those 70s horror movies, or earlier, 60s, 70s, 80s, any of that, you, it just doesn't click with you, this could be your gateway to those kinds of films. Because this is somebody who understands what made those films work in that era. So if... If you're not necessarily a fan of those movies, then you should start with this because that will. Oh, okay, I understand what he's trying to mimic, and what he's paying homage to with this scene and that scene, and it just works. It like you could go from this, and then go watch like Sleepaway Camp and go, oh, I understand where he got that shot, or I exactly. understand totally. why he got that yeah. weird twist at the end. That it and that will make you forgive the rest of Sleepaway Camp's horribleness, <laughs> is because yes. you understand what he's trying to uh, emulate, but yeah. he did it better. Anyways, yes. we need to move on. So that yes. is our horror pick of the week of the pod uh, for round one of of our Halloween special series. <clears throat> We need to move on to Recently Watched, sir. We're moving out of horror, and we're moving into Recently Watched. I'm sure in October, you and I are both going to be watching plenty of horror, but I've also yeah. been watching non-horror. So let's start right off the bat with a short film that you made me watch called Babysitting from France, yeah. where they apparently loathe any likable character. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead, your review. I spend much time on this. But no, we'll... we won't. <laughs> Go ahead. It's, it's, it's a... I enjoy a good short film uh, just to see, you know, up and coming directors and just to see kind of, there's, there's a certain inventiveness that comes with a short film. The confines uh, of a budget, the confines of a budget, much like this show <laughs> that yes. has no budget. <laughs> yeah. But this year was, it was, I'm a, I'm a sucker for French horror. Uh, I, I dig what they're trying to do. Um, this one here is more, it's actually more of a comedy than anything. But uh, a babysitter goes to babysit these two kids, and the kids are obviously something's off with them. And she gets her friends over, and weirdness occurs and in typical oh, French I, fashion. Oh, you forgot. All her friends are assholes, and she's an asshole. And yes. I, I really wanted all of them to die. Yeah. this was. I think this was more comedy than anything. But <laughs> it, it, I, of course, enjoyed it for what it was. But it was, you know... <laughs> it was fine for what it was, but still, ah, uh, just give me somebody to root for. There's nobody to root for it, and it's it sort of. I I looked at it like. You got too much money, and not a good enough story. A little more writing would have made make, make it better. Make somebody likable. I hate all of these broads. Kill them all. Kill please. <laughs> anyway, I don't want to spoil anything, but it, it's a decent short. Yeah. Give it a try. It's on YouTube if anybody's interested. You can look it up. It's, it's a baby-sitting. Yeah. Um, 
Let's see. So that's kind of both of us. I watched Blue Ruin. Finally okay. finished that up. Uh, and I'll mimic pretty much what everybody else is saying. It's fantastic film. One of the best of this year, last year. I'm not sure when it came out. I think it was last year. It was last year. But absolutely fantastic. Uh, the only place... It, this one's not going to get a 10. Unfortunately, I mean, three-fourths of the way through, I was going, it's going to be really hard not to give this a 10. Um, the ending kind of... I don't want to say drop the ball, but just kind of... Eh, with all the twists... Uh, sorry. Plot synopsis... Uh, a criminal gets released from prison that was convicted of a double homicide and a this sets off a vagabond hobo guy to go after him because uh, it was relatives of his that were killed. Um, <clears throat> and from there on it's just twist after turn after twist after turn. I never knew where this thing was going. I never knew what was going to happen next. I could, couldn't predict any of it. And that's a rare thing when I'm watching a movie. So I absolutely loved it. It was brilliantly shot and acted. I, I loved it. But the very ending, it just didn't quite stick the landing. I, with all the twists and turns along the way, I thought the very, very ending was going to be something. But at the end, it was just not really. And it was, you know, that's debatable. But that's my particular view. I... Easy nine, but not gonna ever quite gonna get to a ten. Yeah, and you've reviewed that before, so it's yeah. We'll move movie. on. Everybody loves that movie. I almost hate even bringing it up because it's like everybody loves this movie. If you haven't seen it, you're dumb. Everybody loves it. Move on. <laughs> okay, for me, um, uh, boy, there's a couple that I want to go over. I know that we're pretty much at, almost out of time here, but I'll I'll hit on one um, <laughs> just because I had so much fun with it, and I've had so much fun with this movie over the years. Um, and that movie is called Slugs, the movie. <laughs> From legendary Spanish director J.P. Simone. Legendary. <laughs> yeah. He also made Pieces and the Mystery Science Theater movie Pod People. <laughs> Pod um, People is so, probably my favorite mystery science theater of all time. Oh, it's great, yeah. And 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 his other movies could totally have been mystery science theater fodder as well, including this one. But I've watched this movie so many times. It's on Netflix. It's it's a blast to watch. It's um, basically it's a ripoff of Piranha, which was a ripoff of Jaws. Uh, so basically, small town is infested with uh, mutant slugs. It's a Xerox uh, of a Xerox. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, from 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 toxic waste and these bad Spanish actors that are pretending to be Americans are are trying to figure out what's going on and dying horribly gruesome deaths. And it's I guess quote unquote a horror movie, but it's more of a comedy than anything. But it really is a fun movie. I've like I've watched it probably ten times in my life, if not more. And every time I watch it, I have a big shading grin on my face and like there's the cheesy bad music. Oh, there's the cheesy bad <laughs> acting and. It's just fun and it's gross as all hell. And I'll, I'll kick it up. I, I it was on my list, but I'll, I I haven't been in the mood. I, there's been so much good on Netflix lately that I haven't been forced to wade through the uh, mediocre or bad just for an amusement. So I'll yeah, kick this it up. is amusing. Yeah, this yeah. is an amusing movie. I'll kick it up. Um, okay, I'm gonna do a double header, and then I'm gonna be done with recently watched. Unfortunately, uh, I've been watching a lot of as I teased in my coming soon. I've been watching a lot of TV, and Netflix added a lot of TV. I finished Comic Book Men Season 3, which was 
Of course, fantastic, right in my wheelhouse. I absolutely loved it. It's If you like any of the semi-reality shows of auctioning stuff and what can I get for my junk and that kind of stuff, but you add in comic books to it and the hilarity of Kevin Smith's friends, I'm in. It's uh, such an easy sell. They're so funny I, I, <laughs> to me. Yeah. Um, so I love it. Um, also... For some ungodly reason, this person, me, this guy right here, who does not hunt or fish or is not outdoorsy or whatever, is hopelessly obsessed with fishing shows. I don't know why. I, I haven't fished in probably close to a decade, but I, I love it. All the Crabbing and, and lobsters and all of the fishing stuff, I'm into. I don't know why, but I'm just like, that's <laughs> so cool. I sit there and watch it obsessively and i don't care about the fisher men people and their drama don't care just reel in something big or something cool and i'm like yeah that's cool <laughs> I, I have no explanation for it whatsoever i don't even have any ambitions of going out and doing it myself i like right now i'm watching wicked tuna these guys go out and catch tuna have you ever seen a freaking tuna they're they're like an 800 a thousand pounds they're humongous they're humongous and I'm obsessed with it. I, I don't know why, but I'm just like, that's that's amazing. And I don't want to go... I, I'm not like, I need to go out there and catch a swordfish. I need to go... I need to get out there and battle one and re battle the elements and nature and reel one in. No desire whatsoever. I, I'm just like, I'd like to be on the boat. And I'd like to maybe chum. I'd throw bloody parts in. And then a reel goes off, and somebody's catching one, and I'd be like, I'm, I'm over here. I'll be over here. I'll, I'm just going to watch. I'm just going to watch. And then they pull the 800,000-pound beast onto the boat. I'm like, yeah, that's cool. And they're like, we got to gut it. And I'd be like, I, I'm going to go watch the radar or something. I have no interest. <laughs> but I don't know why, dude, but for some reason, I dig the fishing shows. Wicked Tuna is currently what I'm addicted to, so... <laughs> Anyway, I'm into season two now, and <laughs> it's awesome. Yeah. But soon, nah, I don't want tease coming soon. Go ahead. Any, okay. Current, uh, recently watched, and then we'll get into coming soon. Okay. Uh, the only one I'm going to hit on, um, the only one that I'm going to hit on that's left here until the next episode. I have a couple more, but I want to I want to wait till the next episode to spend a little bit more time. Uh, the only one that I would comment on would be uh, this is on Netflix is uh, the 1995 movie Congo. Uh, rewatch that and uh, it sucks so <laughs> that wraps up our show for the evening <laughs> oh, I told you it sucks I seriously I don't want to even talk about it I just want to put it out there that, that no, I, no, I want to spend one minute on it but just one minute um, okay. the difference between Congo and Jurassic Park and the only reason I'm relating them is because it's based on Michael Crichton works uh, yeah. The only difference between Congo and Jurassic Park is that Jurassic Park had a good director. Uh, much like the books, to the movie translation, they changed all of the movie, all of the character personalities around. Why did they do that? That doesn't make. Uh, yeah, why? I have no idea why. You haven't read Congo the book. No, I have, and then I watched the movie, and despite all of its obvious movie flaws. Um, they swapped the character personalities around. Why? Like in Jurassic Park, the book, the Sam Neill character likes kids, and the woman doesn't 
like kids. But in the movie, they swap that, and the man doesn't like kids, and the woman loves them. It's stuff like that that they did in Congo. Like in the... I, I can't remember. I'm getting them confused now. I can't remember. But in the book, I believe the woman was nice and the man was an a-hole. And in the movie, it was vice versa. The man was nice and the woman was an a-hole. Yes. Or vice yeah. versa. I might, I might have that mixed up. But they totally swapped their personalities. And it was like beat for beat, they swapped the personalities. I'm like, what is the point of that? Why? Why? Anyway... Yeah, that is the least of Congo's problems when it comes oh, to cinema. Man. That movie was freaking bad, but the book was really good. Like it was very believable in a lot of the stuff. Um, as far as Michael Crichton goes, uh, book to movie translation, Sphere gets a lot of hate, but I really love the book. And the more I watch the movie, the more I really like it. That's one that's kind of underappreciated in my opinion. It's not great. But it's good. I like it. It's creepy. I don't know, but maybe it's my overwhelming love of the book bleeding over into the cinema wanting to see it. Yeah. yeah. I, I need to rewatch that one, actually. I haven't seen that one in years and years, but... You might um, like it, and that might be one... I, I think that would be uh, Wife Okay. It's, oh, yeah. It falls yeah. into Thriller. Anyway. Uh, okay, let's get into Coming Soon, and we got to wrap this up, because once again, okay. we're bleeding over big time. Um, for me, I'm pretty much repeating stuff on from pre previous episodes of uh, Coming Soon. Uh, Year in Burgundy is, is high up there. The Sacrament is going to happen this week. I, I uh, was going to watch it, but it got replaced by House of the Devil because I wanted to rewatch that for the uh, movie of the week thing. Uh, yeah. Still watching Walking Dead, and it's going well. There was a, uh, I'm in season four of Netflix, I'm a year behind everything. Uh, there was a subplot that me and the wife were growing to absolutely freaking hate. To the point where it's like, we're if, if this is a whole season thing, we might be done. But thankfully it was only like a three episode thing and it was done. Because sometimes they drag those things out where you're just like, yes, why, why? Do. But nope, they wrap this one up real quick. It stayed its course, but they did it in a good amount of time. That's fine. I can move on. Um, and lastly on my list of coming soon, <clears throat> Game of Thrones. Only because ah. uh, my prick of a buddy went ahead and decided he had to get the Blu-ray, so now I've got to... And he started watching it, so now i got to start watching it. Because <laughs> um, so, i got to keep up with the times, and the wife doesn't want to watch zombie shit every single night, so we got to break it up a little bit. <laughs> Anyway, I have no idea what you're up to. What's on your coming soon, sir? I've uh, got two things on my list. Horror movies and Game of Thrones. <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> uh, I, I am hopelessly addicted to Game of Thrones. I'm, I am, uh, I've got two, season, two episodes left of season one, and I'm like, I can't wait till tomorrow till I can finish up season one. It's, it's that good. <laughs> but other than, yeah, it's, it's, I don't want to spend too much time on that because... It's awesome. I will spend more time on that in a future pod, but it's that, and there's some horror stuff I'm going to watch. Pet Cemetery is on the list for, for the month of October. Halloween 3 Season of the Witch is on the list, um, and then my standard cycle of horror movies for the month. But there will be other ones in there that are non-horror, but you know, right now I'm you know gearing up for some really good scary movies. And again, Game of Thrones, it's awesome. Oh, I can't wait to watch it. And somebody uh, gave me the... 
uh, voodoo code for season one. That's how I have season one. But I've just let it sit since I kind of I technically own it. I'm not rushing to watch it because Netflix is so overloaded with awesome stuff right now. Um, yeah. But now that you're into it, it's sort of like okay, now it's time to kick it up. And and, and the other reason I haven't started is because I everybody says it's good and I know it's going to be good. And then I'm going to have to go buy season two and three and catch up. And, and <laughs> it's sort of like, let's just not even open Pandora's box right now. Let's just wait because we got so much. <laughs> anyway. Um, oh, there was something else I wanted to add. Uh, oh, yes. That's going to wrap it up for this episode. But if you have movies that you think are going to, that should be on our movie of the horror month, week, whatever... Uh, that you think are great horror movies that can get non-horror fans into horror, please send them our way. As always, you can get a hold of us at moviefreakspod at yahoo.com, and we will discuss any email you bring. Messy, hang on till next episode. We're going to get to the rest of that uh, best of the last decade, and we have some good gems in there for you. They're, uh, looking over that list, can't wait to talk about some of those. And me too. Some of those are earmarked as scariest of the last decade. So hang around. Um, If you have anything else to add. I'm good. Okay. For this episode, I'm Eric Warner. And I'm Eugene Weaver. See ya.